to another edition of the UK Law Week podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week, we're going to be looking at the case of Barclays Bank PLC and various claimants. The citation for this case is 2020 UKSC 13. This week, we have yet another case concerning vicarious liability. But if you weren't around last week, then don't worry, because we will still cover the basic principles. Meanwhile, if you did listen last week, then do still stick around because the focus of this case is on a different aspect of the law in this area. I guess the main difference that first sticks out is the appellant in the case name is different. Whereas last week we were discussing Morrison Supermarket, this week it is Barclays Bank. But the type of employment situation is also different. In the Morrison's case, it was a very straightforward employer-employee relationship. But that is not the case here. The wrongdoer in this situation was a Dr Bates, who was not employed by the bank and was instead self-employed and had his own medical practice. You might be wondering why on earth a bank would be in need of a doctor's services anyway, and the reason was that new employees at the bank had to pass a medical examination as part of the recruitment process. Appointments for prospective workers were set up between the bank and Dr Bates, but the doctor himself was not an employee nor was he even paid a retainer. Instead, he received payment for each report he provided. These appointments took place at the home of Dr Bates and were not monitored or overseen by the bank. The 126 claimants in this case were all prospective employees of Barclays who had gone to Bates for their medical. Sadly, they now all claimed that the doctor sexually assaulted them during the course of their appointment. It is no longer possible to hear from Dr Bates himself because he passed away in 2009, but in any case the claimants actually brought their case against Barclays Bank under the principle of vicarious liability. As a reminder, vicarious liability is where an employer can be held responsible for the wrongdoings of their employees when that conduct occurs in the course of employment. At first glance, such a claim might appear ill-fated because we have already said that the wrongdoer Dr Bates was not an employee, but recent case law has blurred the lines on this question to the extent where a relationship akin to employment will be sufficient. It was on this basis that the High Court and the Court of Appeal found in favour of the claimants, and so Barclays Bank were left with no choice but to make one final appeal to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. Fundamentally, the argument from Barclays is a very simple one. Dr Bates was never an employee and instead worked as an independent contractor, who the bank should not be liable for. The case law on this principle is well stated, to the extent that in the 1989 case of D&F Estates and Church Commissioners, Lord Bridge noted that the point was, quote, trite law. Nevertheless, we have already remarked that recent case law has had the effect of creating a lot of grey areas. In particular, the 2012 case of various claimants and Catholic Child Welfare Society suggested that it was important for a court to examine the circumstances of any given case and decide whether it is fair, just and reasonable to impose vicarious liability on any ostensible employer. Lady Hale further noted in her lead judgment here that what we are really looking for is a relationship that is akin to an employment relationship. However, she was also keen to point out that this doesn't just give us carte blanche to turn any relationship into an employment one, and the position of someone who operates as an independent contractor remains unique 
and distinct from someone who is an employee. The Employment Rights Act 1996 maintains this distinction for a number of reasons, including tax liabilities and rights when it comes to dismissal. So we can see the general importance that is placed on identifying the situation that someone currently finds themselves in. We can look at recent case law, such as the 2018 Court of Appeal decision in Kafagi and JBW Group Limited, to show that this is not something that could be or should be eroded. Part of the reason for this is that a contractor is someone who carries out business on their own account, and that is obviously important in the context of vicarious liability, where we are talking about who has responsibility for a given wrongful action. Recent cases such as Catholic Child Welfare Society can be useful for discovering relationships that are akin to employment, but if on a foundational level the person is carrying out business on their own account, then that sort of investigation is moot. Applying all of that to the facts of this case, and it will not be surprising to hear that the Supreme Court concluded that Dr Bates was most certainly not an employee of Barclays Bank. He was clearly in business on his own, and there were a number of factors that pointed towards this. Bates was not paid a retainer by the bank, he had his own medical practice, and had his own liability insurance as well. Taking all of that into account, it was decided that Barclays Bank was not vicariously liable for his wrongdoings. So as we come to the end of this almost mini-series on vicarious liability, I think there is value in considering the cases together and coming to some assessment of where the law currently stands in relation to vicarious liability. On a fairly superficial level, this is a 2-0 victory for employers against claimants. That might be a fairly reductive way to look at things, but it does give some indication of where we are at. Over the past decade or so, the case law has become more expansive in the area of vicarious liability, and the definitions of what constitutes an employment relationship, as well as whether wrongful conduct is sufficiently close to the work, have certainly widened. What we have seen in these two cases can best be described as a correction. It is not as if the previous case law has been overruled, but the justices did give a sense that perhaps things had moved too far in one direction and some balance needed to be restored. The question that we need to ask is if the judges were correct to do so. In a basic sense, I think this was the right move. When definitions get too far away from their original meaning, then it leads to a loss of certainty in the law, and that was certainly beginning to happen here as we lost sight of what the principle of vicarious liability actually entails. If it just becomes a general corporate liability for any actions by a person who is associated with the company, then clearly that throws things so wide open as to make them meaningless and to encourage defensive practices. In this case, we have seen a clear line being drawn based on the pre-existing tenets of employment law and the distinction that is made between an independent contractor and an employee is an important line in the sand that should not be crossed when it comes to vicarious liability. However, this is not to say that the correction itself has not gone too far the other way. We saw last week how the wrongful actions of an employee have to be connected to the performance of their tasks, but the Supreme Court was arguably too aggressive when it came to narrowing this down after a number of sexual assault allegations had exposed companies to liability for a wider range of intentional torts. 
Perhaps the one thing that we can say with certainty is that vicarious liability is an important avenue for victims to be compensated for wrongs committed against them. And so hopefully the Supreme Court will have more opportunities in the future to further refine how the principle applies. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this episode of the UK Law Weekly Podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. If you are on Facebook, then do come and join us on the UK Law Weekly Facebook group, where we have discussions and I also post the most recent podcast episodes. Hope you'll join me there. Anyway, I'll be back with another case next week, but for now, bye!